Well, welcome to this podcast at the Aspen Chapel, Sunday, the 11th of September. And today we're looking at the idea of walking on water. And we start with that reading from the gospel about Jesus walking on water. Coming from the gospel, uh, Matthew chapter 14. And if you're inclined, I'm, I'm a big uh, context guy. So I read uh, the, the first 21 verses and it kind of adds a little bit to this, but I'm not going to do that today. But um, so here we go. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself. Later that night, let me step back, by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. He said, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Thank you, bud. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, this is the third um, in our series on really the journey of life. That's what we're, we're looking at at the moment. In the first we looked at starting over. And I mentioned there were three stages that I was going to look at. First stage, holding your nerve. Second stage, putting one foot in front of the other. And lastly, responding to all circumstances in a loving way. And I've sort of created that as being the sort of the nature of the journey. And last week, we looked at how important it was to start off, start off that in a sane and balanced way. There's no point in holding your nerve if it's going to lead to disaster. You have to be sensitive to everything around you, everything that's inside you and everything that's outside you, like, like the balance you need on a surfboard, that, that balance between in and out. Actually, last week I, was, I go running on the, on the, on the low line which is, and the high line, which is in snowmass, and I sort of I said to everyone, I'm going for a run. And so I sort of put on my running clothes and I, I drove down, I drove down to the rec centre to run from there, drove down to the rec centre, got out of the car to go running. And as I was walking towards the beginning of the run, I sort of saw thunder over there and a bit of lightning. And I started to feel a sort of sense, you know, when you get a migraine, you get that sort of wobbly bit that happens, that sort of began. And I sort of got the feeling that now was not the time to go for a run. So I felt a bit stupid, but I thought, right, I turned around, got back into the car and went home again. They all said, are you back quickly, Dad? But 
you've got a sense, I think, when it's the right time to start out and when it's not the right time to start out. And it wasn't the right time then. So today I'm going to be looking at, you know, when you do start out, the idea of putting one foot in front of the other. And although I've called it, mentioned the journey of life, Alan Watts, who a great speaker, makes a very good point that life is really not a journey anyway. He says that the physical universe is essentially playful. Like music, you know, you play the piano, you don't work it. And there may be an end point to a piece on the piano, but the end point is no more important than the beginning point. And in dancing, the whole point of the dance is not to try and get to a particular point on the floor. It is just to do the dance, to make the dance happen. And when we live our lives, we tend to lose that sense of playfulness that's there. And it's the same when we're stepping out. You know, life's really, I think, you know, just putting one foot in front of the other. And yet we're so, always so fearful about the circumstances and worried about the outcomes of what we do that we don't allow ourselves in our lives to be lost in the dance. We're continually checking where to put our feet and to make sure that we put our feet in the right place. And, you know, I don't know about you, but my life becomes more of a game of chess than a dance, trying to work out what to do. So once we've come to our senses, you know, and we feel that we are in an okay place and we're holding our nerves, how do we step out? And I I think that image of Jesus walking on the water is a powerful one. We are invited, just like Peter was by Jesus, to walk on water. And many times, you know, we, we do set out to do that. And over again, we then get caught up in one form of, of trouble or another, all the usual things that, that trip us up when we're doing that, you know, that we're fright, frightened of, whether it's money, health, relationships, work, depression, loneliness, unfairness, prison, war, deprivation, hunger, crisis, lethargy, pride, greed, fear, anger, the list just goes on and on. All the things that trip us up. And we we begin to sink and we have to begin again. And here we all are, sitting in the boat again, contemplating the idea of getting out. We've all failed many times. That thinking of doing it again, you know, when you think, oh, I'll try and walk on water, I'll try and just let go. It almost fills us with a sense of ennui. You know, why bother? It's never really worked in the past. I might as well just try and plan and plan for the best and see if I can make it a good job of it. But, you know, we know that we'll be back to square one before we start. And there's that feeling that, you know, it's not going to work if we do it. So how do we get out of the boat? Well, I think the first thing that, to say is that when we do get out of the boat, all those things that I mentioned, depression, health, they're all going to hit us, whether we get out of the boat or not. And the bad news is that whatever you do, those things do happen in life. And you're going to have to walk with those things happening. It's interesting that when Jesus is walking on the water, we know that the weather was rough. He says the boat was buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. And what made Peter afraid was when he saw the wind. So there's always those problems that are going to come up. So we're, we're not talking about 
waiting for a flat calm, waiting for life to be perfect before we get out. You know, however spiritual we are, and I can tell this for myself, it's not going to stop problems coming our way. And we know that. You know, however hours you spend on the mat, you're still going to get ill. You're still going to have horrible things happen. So how do we do it and how does it work? Well, I think one of the obvious first things is, you know, we've got to not be concerned about these outcomes. When you, when you walk out on it, you, you've got to let go of your idea of what's going to happen. The moment Peter began to think about it, the moment he was afraid, he sank. That's, you know, that the moment you, you get caught up in it, you do sink. And we have to have that realization that life isn't a journey with a destination, but it's a dance. And therefore, like dancing or surfing or skiing, we begin to... Th- you know, if we begin to think about it too much, we start to sink. We go into the bank. We fall over. The moment you start to think about it too much. Early this summer, I spoke about maturity. And I said that maturity in a spiritual context is all about reconciling ourselves with our relationship with death. That's what I think maturity is, essentially. You know, when it comes down to it, it is a reconciliation with death. And I think as well, that's one of the key things in stepping out. Oddly enough, the thing that gives us the feeling of lightness is to be reconciled with death at each moment. To actually be reconciled with it's going to change at every single moment that we're there. And and that does produce a lightness. And in this context, it really means all things must pass. It is about the idea of impermanence, that that things are going to change. And I know the moment we talk about impermanence, our minds always go to the negative aspects of it, the negative side of it, the loss of things, including ourselves. But in reality, it's about the passing of darkness as well as the passing of light. It's about all things changing. And that storm, whatever it is that we're stepping out with, doesn't last forever. You know, although we're now in a solid chapel with a community, who's to say we're all going to be here in a month's time? Or, you know, what might be swept away in a week? Or in a day? Or in an hour? We, we really don't know. We, we think that things are going to be the same, but we really don't know what's going to happen. We truly don't know what's right around the corner. And to live with that knowledge to actually live with the knowledge that we don't know suddenly becomes freeing. You suddenly realize that actually there's no point in worrying about it because you don't know what's happening. It opens us up to anything, to savor what we have right now, to savor the jobs that we have, to savor our friends, to savor our houses, our occupations, because in truth, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And that includes our lives. But we also don't know what, come in, what might come in the place of what's going on right now. Just as one day has to die in order for the next to come along, the losses that we might experience obviously give way to new and maybe even better things. We don't know what's going to come. However, good or not good these things might seem at the point, the idea is we welcome. That, that poem I used a few weeks ago from Rumi, This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, 
a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. That is the likeness, is to welcome and entertain everything. In living with all things dying at any moment, we open ourselves to receiving with gratitude all that comes our way. And that lovely phrase from Khalil Gibran, he says, and could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life? Your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. And you would accept the seasons of your heart, even as you have watched and accept the seasons that pass over the fields. And you would watch with serenity through the winters of your grief. It's, it's the lightness with what's coming. And Jesus asks us to get out of the boat. He asks us to let go. The only reason why we don't let go, why we stay in the boat, is that we, we want to control things, to manipulate the outcome in our favor. We have to know. We have to walk out not knowing, though. We want to know, but we have to walk out not knowing what's going to happen. And it's not the circumstances, of, as I said before, that we have to work on. It's our reaction to the circumstances. It's something that you constantly work on, even when we're sinking. To work on the feeling of sinking is to rise up again. Even when things are going bad, to work on the feeling of the things going bad is to rise up again. And remember, you know, we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're doing it because that process is what works in the transformation of all things. The little bit that we have to offer is the work that we do Jeffrey said to me the other day that he, he, he heard this person saying that we are the problem in our own lives. And we have to sort out the problem. And it's us. In our own lives, we have all the bits. We are the problem ourselves. And we have to sort that out. It's not the circumstances we work on. It's our reaction to it. And it's something that you constantly work on. To step out with that lightness and freshness of not knowing and not being attached, of living with the death of what we have gives us a perspective on life that keeps us afloat. That is what works. We continue to surf the wave. We walk on water. We have confidence to put one foot in front of the other because we're not afraid. Peter sank when he became afraid. It's it's dealing with that fear. And we're not afraid because, do you know, We're not afraid in that situation because we know we're dealing with reality. And do you know what reality is? The one thing you can rely on is that things are going to change. Impermanence is the reality. Impermanence is the reality. We have to come to terms with the impermanence of all things and realize that that impermanence is in fact solid ground and it's nothing to be afraid of. The very change is the solid ground. Now, I was in San Diego recently, um, and there was a surfing machine, huge surfing machine in one of these arcades. And if you've seen them, it's a huge, a huge sort of thing. Everyone's sitting and watching it, drinking. A huge thing where they create one wave that permanently comes along. And people edge out onto this wave. It's about the size of this room. And there's this one wave that's permanently there. And there's a whole queue of people with their surfboards. And they come up with their surfboards and they surf on this one wave until they fall over. And it's a one wave surfing experience that's created, you know, in a 
you know, in a great shack, uh, and the wave just constantly comes. And it's interesting because you remain stationary. And the wave continually moves past you. And so you're on the wave, and you're not moving anywhere, but the wave underneath you is moving. Now, our experience is that we move through life. You know, we, we move through life and, you know, we go along and, and things happen. But what if it was that we were stationary, just get this in your conscious, and life was moving through us, just like that wave? Just imagine that thought that we're stationary and life is moving for us. And I think that's what happens because our consciousness is in fact stationary. Our consciousness doesn't move. And everything actually moves through us. And the moment you think about it, when you're surfing, the moment you think about it and you reach outside yourself for stability, you fall over. Because the balance is here. The balance is here. But the illusion is that we have to hold on out there. I was in a car with Jessica recently outside City Market. And we were parked when suddenly I felt the car rolling forward. And I put my foot on the brake and I I put the sort of thing thing in gear and it was in gear. And suddenly I realized that I wasn't moving forward. I was panicking. But the car next to me was backing up. (laughs) And I had a total illusion but I was moving. And that's the way it works, I think, in life. You know, the illusion is that, that we're moving. But actually, we have the stability and everything else is changing. The one thing that's always constant is change. And I think that's the key to stepping out with grace and putting one foot in front of the other. It's realizing that you are the constant You don't have to be afraid of the stuff outside because the constant is here. Everything around you is changing. And balance is something you can practice. And that's always a good thing, I think, to have a practice. It's something you can practice wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Consider the possibilities of change. That as I run, you know, Heather was running the other day and she met a deer around the corner. You never know what you're going to meet around the corner. You, You really never know. And... I don't know what life's going to bring me the next moment. It might be, I might think it's good, I might think it's bad, but I don't know. And there's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in not knowing and giving up. Giving up to the fact you might die tomorrow. Giving up to the fact that horrible thing might happen. Giving up to the fact that good thing might, might happen. You know, it's going to happen. I don't know what it might bring me. I might think it has been good or bad, but I don't know. And that's the freedom. Even in our deaths, that might be just around the corner. And we don't know what that might bring. We have no ideas. You know, we have our own ideas and thoughts, but truly not knowing is freeing because it removes fear. Last page. And people think, oh, when's he going to start? But, you know. We have to put one foot in front of the other. We have to put one foot in front of the other in order to live, even just beating our hearts. We've we've got to carry on. Life goes on. But to do so with a lightness of touch means that we're almost like we're walking on air. That is the lightness. We will still be affected by our likes and our dislikes, but we become used 
to the effects that those likes and dislikes have on us, whether that be elation or disappointment. And as we become aware of them, so we're less and less affected by them. And we begin to see them just as different sides of the same thing. We know the truth in the fact that you know, the seeds of sadness exist in joy. You, know, you might be really in love with your partner, but that huge love is going to end in sadness at some point. And you might have a great sadness at the moment, but actually that sadness is going to lead to love, to joy at some point. They're two sides of the same coin. And to realize that is literally to become enlightened. We become lighter in the way that we make our way through our lives. And that's when we begin to seem to walk on water. We're not upheld by anything. We're just existing in that space. And life is moving through us. And we have that constant balance. And that's what it is to step out. The end. (laughs) Let's pray. Lord, we do pray for all those who feel that they're drowning in some way or another at the moment. Pray for those still affected by 9-11. All around the world. We pray that your peace and love may exist in the hearts of leaders that will create a sense of growing peace in the world. Pray for our country at this time of election that you will create sanity and peace in the candidates and in the debate. Pray for our town, people leaving and coming, all those working here. Pray for the valley, all those working up and down the valley that you will give us an opportunity to shine a light and be an example to all those who come here. And finally, we pray for all those in our community, particularly giving thanks that Bunny Harrison is now home, feeling better. Bunny, we pray for you and John. Pray for the Kennedy family. For David Little. For Valbrick Karlberg. For Tom Isaacs. For Marsha Morris. Betsy Radcliffe, Erin Tully, John Waller, Elise Strickland, Maureen Hirsch, Carly Nelson, Will Welsh, Barbara Orcutt, Patricia Hill, and Philip Hodgson. Lord, we just pray your holy blessing upon them, that you will give them balance in their lives. Amen.